Hello and welcome to another episode of the Airport Wild Podcast. Uh, my name is Jesse Warner, your host of the podcast, and today I'm just introducing uh, this next episode. I think it's a really cool episode. Uh, we were able to sit down with, or Skype rather, with Barthel Joseph of Reed Joseph International. Uh, now these guys, they are importers and distributors of different tech uh, tools, we'll say, uh, for wildlife management. Um, mostly with pyrotechnics, but also propane cannons. Uh, they've got one system out there. I think the name alone should send to the website. It's called Scare Wars. Um, it's just a really cool system altogether. Uh, but today's episode, we're mostly going to be focusing on the pyrotechnics. I really want to get into their other uh, management tools that they also provide, but we want to use that for another episode because I think there's just too much to have into one uh, cram into one episode. So today's going to be about, all about pyrotechnics. Uh, different types of pyrotechnics, um, safety, legalities, uh, anything and everything you guys are going to want to know in your airports and your situations. Um, uh, and if you guys have any questions, I mean, obviously get a hold of us or we'll provide a link uh, to uh, Mr. Joseph. Um, so, yeah, sit back, relax, and hopefully you enjoy this episode and stick around because we've got some information for you at the end of the episode. Okay, so <laughs> we are back. Um, so today we have Barthel Joseph of Reed Joseph, uh, Pyrotechnics on. Um, well, thank you, Barthel, and uh, I just jump right into it. Um, you want to explain kind of who you are and what you do? And Hey, Jesse. Yeah, um, so we are importers and distributors of pyrotechnics that are designed for bird and wildlife control. And pyrotechnics, I guess the definition of them is a, a device that is uh, contains pyrotechnic material. Uh, not not uh, They don't have to be explosives. Some of ours do contain some explosive material. Uh, but they're basically noise-making devices that uh, travel downrange. And, and uh, in our case, they're designed for bird uh, and wildlife harassment. Uh, our, by far, our best-selling uh, um, pyrotechnic devices are 15 millimeters in size, and we've got basically two types. We've got, we've got uh, our screamer siren cartridges, and they look like this. They're, they're, this is a 15 millimeters in diameter, uh, and they're about three inches long or so, and they're hollow on the trailing edge, and they're solid on the leading edge. And, and then we have um, we have our bird banger cartridges. Uh, these are packed a little differently uh, because they do contain uh, an explosive material. These go downrange and make a loud report. Uh, and then we have a louder bird banger. It's called the the banger EXP, and it performs exactly like the uh, the bird banger. Uh, but it only makes a louder report. It has it has more explosive material in it. That's the only difference. But uh, these are launched all uh, launched with uh, launchers. Uh, we've got three types. We've got a we've got a single shot launcher, uh, a double shot launcher, 
Um, and we've got, uh, we're, we have, we, we have been selling a seven shot launcher. We haven't been happy with it. So we're developing a, a new launcher that's, that's more reliable and, um, and easier to clean and just more durable. It's a six shot launcher. So we haven't got it on the market yet, but, uh, we're super excited about it and we hopefully will have it on the market by the end of the summer. But it's super easy to use these 15 millimeter cartridges. You simply load up. They're basically a couple of steps. I'll use this single shot launcher. It's our most popular uh, launcher product and easiest to use. And these are the blank primers that um, they're six millimeters in size. They're the they're the the the, the component that basically charge uh, the pyrotechnic devices. They're the ones that like the fuse basically and they're small see here's one of them it's they're called acorns that's the nickname for them and they're manufactured in czech republic and that's always been the, the nickname and and um to load it and this particular launcher you you depress this lever on the front end like this and then you drop it you drop it into the chamber like so and I'm going to drop a hammer so it's no danger of igniting. Um, and then once you do that, you load the cartridge into the muzzle, the screamer siren. You load the hollow end in, and then you can cock, cock the, pull the hammer back, pull the trigger, point about yep. 60 degrees in the air, downrange. And this particular cartridge will go downrange about 250 feet and make a screaming noise as it goes. And it's it's our most popular 15 millimeter cartridge. Uh, the Birdbanger, we load the fuse end, the black, it's actually compressed charcoal and it burns fairly quickly. Uh, it burns for about a second and a half. And so what, it's different from the screamer siren because the screamer propels itself downrange. It's basically a rocket, a noisy rocket. That's just that's just propelling itself downrange. Whereas the banger is not propelling itself downrange. So two things happen when you fire the banger. When you pull the trigger and this blank primer ignites, it um, sort of lobs the bird banger downrange, almost like a mortar would be lobbed. It's just the the force of the expanding gas in the barrel. That's all it is that's sending this downrange. So it can go anywhere from 50 feet to 100 feet, depending on the wind. And as it goes, so it's a pretty big, you know, it's a pretty big variation. And, but it does two things simultaneously. It lobs this thing downrange and it lights this fuse. And uh, the fuse is designed to burn for about a second and a half. And then it ignites the explosive material inside the cartridge and um, makes a loud bang. And, and this is just reduced to confetti, basically. There's, there's nothing left. There is a small plastic cap that eventually disintegrates. Um, the screamer falls to the ground basically intact, um, but it's paper and it disintegrates over time. And the, 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 the Birdbanger EXP does the same thing as the Birdbanger. It just makes a louder bang. So with the EXP, do you still get the same range that you do yeah. out of the standard? Yes, yes, they they are uh, they're identical. One neat thing that we have coming up 
and we're in uh, we're in a testing stage right now. We're uh, we're working on some prototypes to send to the manufacturer for testing, and we're going to try to get some out to um, to professional uh, wildlife um, biologists like yourself. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a device that connects the screamer uh, to the banger, and it has basically a set of wings on it. We don't even have a name for it yet. It's a We'll call it a coupler or um, stabilizer or something, but it's pretty cool. And um, and I've uh, I've tested I've tested probably probably a hundred of them so far, and pretty pleased with the 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 um, um, the performance of them. And they will take uh, take this take they'll take this whole uh loaded uh coupling down range about 250 feet and then it lights the fuse on the bird banger and mm-hmm. and the bird banger uh makes a loud report so it does um it's you know it's just a it's a new product that we had years ago we had something that we called the screamer banger rocket and we took it off um the the market for a couple of reasons um, we had uh, we had to change um, uh, change the re- uh, the um, classification of our cartridges back in I think 2011, and everything became a lot harder to get. Uh, when that happened, it took away most of the demand, and so we just really just you know, that was the main reason. But we had some we had some performance issues with it, and uh, we think that uh, this new new device is going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot sturdier and it's going to work a whole lot better. So we're super excited about it. No, that sounds really cool. I remember, well, so I've been doing wildlife, well, especially with pyrotechnics since, well, actually I've been in the game since 2011 is when I first got my first, that's when I got my first wildlife job. And I remember a couple of years later, um, the outfit I was working with, we had a couple of them, the, the older designs that we were able to use on, on uh, cormorants. And they were, they were awesome. I, I lo- always loved the idea, but I, I think I know what performance issues you you were talking about. Um, what? It seemed to nosedive on us a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially so we, we weren't getting the full performance out of it. Yeah. Um, but I always loved the idea because instead of, you know, having to have two launchers, especially, you know, with, with a lot of these birds, um, and that's something maybe our listeners don't know about is, is is it's always beneficial to i always like to mix and match my loads uh you know don't run all whistlers don't run all bangers um kind of mix it up don't let the birds or the wildlife depending on what you're harassing don't don't let them know what's coming don't let them anticipate it um and i always thought that those coupler devices you know having that opportunity to not only whistle but then get the bang way out there yeah um because to me, I mean, you're getting the range of another product that I haven't seen one in years, but the old uh, the cracker shells. Um, the guys, some that I know, I don't think another manufacturer makes them for like a shotgun or something. But yeah, we still the, sell them. You guys, okay, you guys still do sell them. Um, with the, I think you get the range of the cracker shell, but the addition of the whistler, I I, I love that mix and match and and that variability just really seems to help um, keep the keep the wildlife from getting acclimated. I think we're. I think we get a little more range than uh, than a cracker shell. 
Really? Yeah, nice. I really do. Um, we do sell the the twelve gauge rounds. We've we've uh, we've taken them. We've had them uh, on. We've been on and off with offering them. We've there've been performance issues with those too. Um, but we've we've been reassured by the manufacturer. It's an American manufacturer. All of our other products are European in design and and uh, manufacture. This is an American product, and we've been assured. Um, we've gotten assurances from the manufacturer that uh, the problems have been solved, and so we're probably going to put that back on the market too. But um, we've seen a decline in the usage of those. I mean, fewer people. Uh, feel comfortable having a 12 gauge, uh, you know, in their possession for whatever reason. Right. Right. The 15 millimeter, uh, you know, serves a a better purpose. And, and this combination, uh, will be about the same price, uh, as, uh, as a 12 gauge, uh, cracker shell. So, so, um, uh, we think, we think it's gonna, we think it's gonna be a good, uh, a really good, um, alternative to that. No, I would fully agree. Just with the with the banger shells, I mean, just that black powder. You know, it's that extra cleaning you got to do for the to keep your your guns from corroding and and uh, and you know, you, you got to have a twelve gauge in your possession. I mean, you're always. I mean, especially if you're working in a, in a more urban environment. Right. I mean, there's a big. I mean, because not everybody knows what we're doing. I mean, we got we're we're running in the public sector, and you know, it's a big difference between a guy shouldering a single shot twelve gauge versus a little orange launcher i mean but most folks it look like a single shot pistol kind of thing i mean there's a big difference and then you know that bright orange you know folks it's or it's it's it helps with the with the psychological effect um with people's you know we're not we're not hunting per se is we're here to harass we're here to work yeah um i think that's a i think i always thought that was pretty cool um so just going with your other launcher so you guys have the single shot like you just showed um but you also have the over under version yeah, and so for, for folks that don't know, uh, is it still single action? I mean, each you're not going to launch both pyros at once, correct? You're going to get correct. one shot, cock it again, then you get your second pyro. Well, it's one shot. The 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 first chamber, the upper barrel fires first. Yep. And then and then it automatically recocks. Once the once the the top barrel fires, it will automatically recock. And then it'll be ready to fire again. Then you get your second shot. The the bottom barrel, yeah. So that's another great way to that you can mix and match. You know, you can have a banger on top and a whistler or vice versa. Or well, we like to we like to put the um, the the banger on the banger on top, screamer on the bottom. Okay. Now, is there a just a, a safety reason for that, or yeah, um, this has happened once that I know of. Um, the 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 screamer was on the top and the banger was on the bottom and this would you know we we sell you know we sell lots of these every year so you know you know we have a lot of customers and they're firing it you know thousands and thousands and thousands of these products are being fired every day so you know a, you know one one in every million or two is going to uh just be a perfect storm but the banger was in the bottom barrel, and it was accidentally loaded backward. The screamer oh. was in the top barrel, like that, and when the screamer left, the exhaust 
from the screamer ignited the fuse in the banger and the banger burned for a second and a half and then exploded in the barrel. So if, um, if the banger, um, if the banger is loaded in the top, top barrel, that's, that's not possible. Even if right. it's loaded, even if it's loaded backward, it's just going to go down range and just, it'll just, nothing will happen. Um, but, um, so anyway, it's just, uh, just a pre precautionary measure. No, that's, that's an awesome measure. Cause I mean, that's one thing like in, in training folks and in my careers, I've seen a lot of folks load bangers backwards. Um, right. I mean, and if you've got nothing that'll ignite that, that banger, like, uh, like the exhaust from a screamer siren, because yep. if you, Jesse, if you fire these at night, I'm sure you have before you oh, can yeah. see, you can see the trailing edge it's a flame. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. more than just a smoke trail. You see it at noon when you're, when you're, when you're shooting them. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then too, that's one thing about, um, that folks might not, when they're shooting the bangers, uh, cause they do spark to me. It's like, it's like watching a tumbling sparkler. Well, like that's, a, like and that's and sparking. That sparking is the, the charcoal burning. Charcoal, that's the, yeah. that's the fuse. That's the fuse burning. And it's, for about one and a half seconds. Yep. And then, so that's something else I want to touch on is when you were talking about like making sure you're loading them correctly is especially in an airfield setting, you know, where like FOD's a big deal um, uh, for an object debris, uh, you know, the stuff on the, on the runway. So with like we always tell folks when you're shooting the bangers, because they do, like you said, disintegrate if when loaded correctly, um, they're not as big a deal, but with the, the whistlers, they that hollow when they stay intact i mean they do disintegrate over time but until they do they are a piece of fod you know rolling around True. on an That's, airfield so yeah um then the same thing goes for uh a backwards loaded banger um right. i mean but the only difference is, is that one's still got explosive material in it that's right so i mean to me that's a lot bigger deals loading you load on backwards make sure you get it um Oh, that reminds me of something else I wanted to bring up, too, so for a safety thing. Uh, so say we have a banger that's been fired, um, but it uh, maybe we have a bad batch, or you got a banger that's fired and it's just rolling around out there, but it was floated correctly, but it, it, nothing, it didn't go off. Um, I kind of want to talk about some of the safety procedures with that, I mean, Pretty much, I mean, it's, it's, it's relatively simple to render them inert, but I think it's something that maybe folks don't always know about. Well, um, we, we, if, if, are you, are you asking what to do with cartridges that, that you feel, do not feel safe using anymore? Is that your question? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Well, we recommend soaking in water for 24 hours and disposing as solid waste. As solid waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not sure folks might not realize you get, that's all it takes is just soaking them, soaking them in water. Yeah. Um, just to, to render them inert. Yeah. And then, like you said, they just go right in the solid, solid waste. Um, yeah. let, let me say, uh, one other thing about FOD. Um, yeah. Um, the, and you're, you're right. You, you, there's, there, there's, there's nothing you can do, uh, short of picking this up, um, or waiting for it to disintegrate over time. And it is paper. It's wow. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, the stabilizer that we're working on is a, a bio resin, uh, a biodegradable resin. So we're excited okay. about that. We've gone to uh, a lot of extra time and trouble uh, <laughs> to make that happen. Um, so it will it will disintegrate over time as well, and uh, it'll completely it'll completely break down um, once it once it lands um, on the surf, you know, on the ground. That's really cool. No, that's yeah. Because I was kind of wondering if it was going to be something like along the lines of plastic, and you know, just for yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a corn based plastic. Corn based plastic. plastic. Okay. Yeah. But even but still, it's going to be biodegradable. So that's going to be awesome. That you know, if you if you get one down in the grass somewhere, and, um, and that's something else too. I should I should talk about too. Um, just from another safety point is especially because I mean I'm in Arizona. I mean everything burns out here. Um. But, uh, like we always tell folks for our PPE, um, there's, there's three things of PPE you got to make sure when I mean, you got your eyes and your ears or your protection for your eyes and ears. But number three for us is a fire extinguisher. Um, we all carry one. Everybody I train, uh, carries yeah, one in the yeah. truck, but, uh, you know, it is potentially flammable. Um, good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something especially like I said, down here, but we've already had. Oh, it's what's today, the twenty first of May, and I think we're on I think we're on like fire like six or seven here in the state this year. Um yeah. uh yeah. seems like every every week in the last few weeks we've been getting at least one or two. You know, in, in situations like that, I mean, it, it just use your common sense when using these things. If you think that if you think that it's too the situation's too dangerous and don't use them at all. Um, but in any case, in, when there's any danger of that, just, 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 just fight, make your angle higher and, you know, yeah. they're still gonna, they're still gonna do a great job, whether you fire them at a 45 degree angle or straight over your head, they're, they're going to perform almost, they're going to scare the birds almost the same way. Right. You're still going to have that auditory component yeah. to it which is gonna yeah. you know that's i mean that's the whole reason and then you gotta have that nice sight effect especially with the whistlers with them you know you do have something creating a smoke trail that's going put towards them or at least you know in their general vicinity which which does seem to help especially with different um different species of birds or or uh different levels of acclimation um you know because i mean I've, I've worked jobs where you know, you you you're shooting at the same birds day in day out, um, and they they do get used to you. And uh, uh, having something, sometimes just having a, that projectile going towards them is that's the only that's your saving grace. Because yeah. uh, I mean, they do. It's just to me. I mean, I think that they're the least the least prone to acclimate. Two birds becoming acclimated. There we go. Um, to them compared to, you know, other forms of harassment, and we'll get into the other forms in a, in a different episode. But uh, I don't know. I just I just think for, um, as long as they're an option, I always think pyros are the best harassment tool, just because it's got it's something new, it's something very sudden, it's something very loud, um, and I think that just that just equals uh, effectiveness overall. And they're affordable, you know. The uh, affordable. The screamer sirens are forty-five dollars per hundred. The bird bangers are fifty dollars per hundred. The the louder EXPs are fifty-five per hundred. So, you know, I mean, 
and, and the launchers themselves are are inexpensive. This is less than thirty dollars, I believe. So, uh, you know, I mean, an airport, anyone in airport operations cannot use cost as an excuse for not right. having these products on hand. So let's go kind of further down that way. So say an airport, they, they don't have these in their possession right now. Um, what steps does an airport have to take to acquire these? It's very simple, Jesse. Um, you know, there was a time when there were licensing issues for some of our, some of our products, but over time, we have worked closely with the um, with the the controlling juris jurisdiction, which is uh, for usage and storage, is Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. For transportation, it's DOT, which is our problem. You, you really the the end user doesn't have to worry about any DOT requirements because they've already received it. We're the ones who are shipping it. So we're the ones who have to comply with all right. that. But the end user used to have to worry about some ATF requirements. Um, but over the years, we have been able to work with ATF and they, uh, they have found that, um, that th these really do not belong uh, under that uh, jurisdiction as explosive devices. And so we've um, we've met, found a middle ground with them and most of them are considered special explosive devices now and are exempt uh, from those requirements. Not to say that we don't recommend um, uh, safe storage and usage uh, requirements. We do uh, safe storage and usage uh, practices um, what we require all of our users to have on hand, uh, we keep on file here is called a wildlife control statement. And it's just a reminder of that. There is a danger in the use of these and that they, they do need to be responsible and they need to be used for one reason only. And that's for bird and wildlife control. Yep. And we keep those, we, we require that they're, they're filled out and we keep those on hand. Um, and we don't even require them for public uh, entities. We don't require them for our uh, federal, uh, state, or local uh, customer, local government customers. So we, you know, we we know that uh, those are going to be used for the for the right purposes. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So <laughs> so we've got a long list of of recommendations, uh, and we. And we we know that uh, safety safety is the first uh, is our first priority. Um, but the requirements that uh, did exist uh, for compliance with ATF are not um, are, are not uh, as as uh, onerous as they were just four or five years ago. Very cool. So, I mean, that's that's I think that's great information for folks to have. And then uh, the other thing you mentioned too is. So what about, so, all right, so an airport, um, you know, they've, they've, they've purchased um, tickets to have them on the way. What should they expect as far as storage? Um, like, where are they going to keep these things? How are they going to keep them contained and safe? And 
Well, uh, we do we do offer one uh, uh, magazine. It is a heavy duty magazine. It's a Type Two magazine, um, which is heavy, and I mean it. It's uh, it's not cheap. It's more than a thousand dollars, and it it has to be shipped uh, on a pallet. You know, it's uh, too heavy to put in a box and ship it. You know, on the UPS truck. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's got double locks and it's, you know, it's got all of, if, if that's what you need, if that's what your, if that's what your board has decided, uh, you know, that, that is the best way for you to stare, store power techniques, then, you know, we have the answer for you, but, um, but, but, but it's not required. Um, it's just, it's just a, um, it's just an, if, if you decide to use an abundance of caution. Yep. Um, but we, we just recommend good common sense, keep them locked up, keep them in a, a place with, um, uh, uh, that's dry and, and secure. Right. So, I mean, if, if you had them locked up, say in an op in, in your, your operations building, like in a, in an ammo can or something like that, I mean, it's dry, it's non-flammable. Um, I mean, old ammo cans, I mean, it seems like they're a dime a dozen sometimes, but I think yeah. prices are definitely going up, but, um. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, for folks that, you know, might not have the need for that type two, I mean, that'll definitely get them. Yes. Keep them contained and you'll grab and go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'll be honest with you. I just hit a, uh, metal, well, let metal me, block. <laughs> let, let me, uh, let me, let me talk about one other, um, yeah. Pyrotechnic cartridge that we offer that it is not uh, that's not uh, nearly as inexpensive as these little things, um, and for the money, I guess it's worth it. Um, we just have customers who just have to have them for high flying raptors, basically. Yeah. And this is what's called a kappa, and it goes downrange about uh, eight eight hundred to a thousand feet and makes a loud report, about one hundred and fifty dB report compared to. This is about 130 dB report, so it's a, it's pretty cool. Manufactured in France, uh, we've got them on back order now. The manufacturer has uh, slowed down uh, their line, and we're expecting to get them in early fall uh, again. We haven't had them for months, um, but it's got a, a rocket uh, a rocket motor. It's launched from a a very pistol on KS, and you drop the barrel and cock the hammer and pull the trigger. And the neat thing about it is that, um, that there's no recoil at all. It's not like you're firing some, boom, some big charge that's getting fired down range. It's propelling itself with a, with a rocket motor. And that's why it's expensive. And, um, it has an eight second delay on it. And I'll never forget the first time I fired one, we fired it. And we waited and waited, and we began to walk away. We thought it was a dud, and then boom. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's good. It's a good product. We don't sell many, but but our number one, really our only customer for this is is aviation. I mean, they're really the only people who have budgets uh, for stuff. This, this this thing right here is like twenty bucks. So yeah, for a single only, shot. Yeah, they're the only folks who have budget for it, and the only people who really need something like this right and that's something too so uh 
So the well, it's one thing I've noticed with the pyros, um, with with generals, uh, the the fifteen mils, is that Raptors seem to be the ones that really do, just don't care. Um, right. They're very hard to dissuade. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, most folks, you know, you're not you're not shooting at the Raptors unless you're in aviation, um, simply because they're just not an issue. But with right. aviation, you got, you got big slow flying you know if it, especially a red tail or a turkey vulture on you know on the swing making his making his uh his thermal glides yeah um because i mean that's one thing we deal with especially down here in az is uh we'll get a turkey vulture on the airfield and they'll come over get over the asphalt or the concrete hit that thermal and they're gone i mean in the time it takes you to even start your truck they're already out of range yeah um you just can't respond fast enough and if you do um, by the time you get a hold of tower and let everybody know that you're going to be taking a shot, they're out of range. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, you're kind of, you're kind of sitting there kind of like what now, whereas, you know, a Kappa, you know, it's still well in range and you can still, um, yeah. uh, keep your aircraft protected, you know, keep the steel birds protected from the feathered ones. Yeah. Um, so something I just looked up too. So if folks, cause you were mentioning the, the, the DB levels. Uh, we mentioned the, the Kappas uh, are 150. Um, yeah. So that's what the manufacturer. That's what the manufacturer estimates. With the man, yeah. So I'm looking at, uh, just for comparison's sake, um, it's on according to Google, anyways. Uh, a 12 gauge shotgun is about 155 um, decibels. So you're, you know, you are pretty loud, and you just want to make sure folks realize that you. Just, Make sure you're putting that yeah ear that hearing protection in because that is you're talking um, yeah. rupture territory. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We we that's our number one recommendation safety recommendation that is on all of our literature. Yeah. Always wear ear and eye protection. Yeah, I just don't think that could be stressed uh, enough. Um, I think folks that you know maybe they recreational shooters I think have, get it, but I think everybody else might. You know, they think ah, once or twice is is not bad, but it's uh, you're you're getting into the point where you're going to start rupturing eardrums if you don't if you don't protect it. Especially since with I mean with a firearm, you know, it's in a contained and the, the muzzle the noise comes from the muzzle end, you know, which can be two or three feet away from you. With a pyro, you're only talking arm's length, and it's usually up around the ear level. Um, I mean that's that's some dangerous territory to have some, some extra gases being, being moved around. So, um, even like, even on here, it says a 22 rifle is still at, uh, 140 decibels. And like you were mentioning with the, um, the other pyros, right? We're about 130. About 130. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you're still quieter. And if remember right, decibels, it's, is it every one is double as you go up? Like, I believe I believe it is. I, I I don't know when it become when it begins to double. I think it's got to get to a certain level before it doubles, and I can't remember. But. Yeah, I I gotta be honest. I can't remember either. <laughs> but um, but either way, it's it's pretty dang loud, and you know, you ought to put your oh yeah your plugs in or your muffs on or or whatever you have. But yeah, make sure it's in the truck and make sure you're wearing it. Yeah. Um. But uh, I think we've covered just about everything. I think we went through that pretty quick. 
Before uh, I sign off, Jesse, I want to yeah. I want to put in a pitch for our scare war system too, our radio control propane oh, cannon. Of course, yeah. And it's designed uh, it's designed specially for aviation, and we we did it a year about twenty five years ago. We we installed our first one at Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas, and and we did it because it's what our customers were telling us to do. Our aviation customers said, "Look, we like your cannons. We want one." We want a system of cannons uh, that fires only when we tell them to, and so that's how that was the that that was how the system was conceived, and we've been doing it ever since, and we've been making improvements, and we've got uh, today the the best version of it uh, by far that uh, that we've ever uh, offered, and uh, so, and it's 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 pricier. Uh, uh, it's a pricey piece of equipment um, and may not be the answer for GA airports, but but for big commercial airports, it uh, seems it seems like a good investment to me. We have some. It uh, the uh, DoD is our biggest customer, the Air Force and then the Navy and a couple of Marine Corps air stations, Army uh, airfields. But uh, but we do have some commercial airports: uh, BWI, DCA, uh, MSP, PDX. Uh, so, you know, a handful, uh, but we'd like to see it on more commercial airfields. We so got a couple of GA customers too. Yeah, a couple of G- So where can folks go to, to find all this? Like where, like, like your website or. Yeah, um, I started our website and, uh, and then call me. I'll, that's my favorite, my favorite topic. I love talking to people about scare wars. <laughs> well, definitely scare wars. And then just, um, so folks know it's, it is just, it's a uh, readjoseph.com is where they can find you. Um, and like, I've been cruising around on your website the last couple of days and, uh, y'all definitely have a lot. Um, I mean, you have everything, you got lasers. I'm looking at the, the away with geese water unit, um, your scare wars, your pyrotechnics. Um, I mean, everything's on there and I'm assuming, I mean, I mean, folks have any questions. I mean, they can, they can call you and, um, uh, uh, actually, I should have had it right here. Um, do you guys have the, the phone number you, you you mind putting over? Um, like how folks can get a hold of you via telephone? 800-647-5554. That's nice and easy to remember. But, uh, well, all right, Mr. Joseph, I think we about covered everything. Um, you got anything else you want to plug in or mention or... Everybody stay safe out there. All right. That's all we can ask for. So, uh, well, thank you again. And, uh, yeah, we'll do this again sometime. Good. I look forward to it. All right. Bye. See ya. Hey, and there you have it, folks. Uh, Nice little sit down with Mr. Barthel Joseph of Reed Joseph. Again, we're going to have the link for their website down below uh, and how you can get a hold of them as well as us as always. Um, if you're stuck around this long, uh, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a review, especially leave a review for us because we're going to be giving away some really cool swag. Uh, this week, uh, our winner is John RTD. Um, he left us a review on Stitcher. Uh, John, can you please uh, email me at jwarner at loomakers.com. That's J-W-A-R-N-E-R at L-O-O-M-A-C-R-E-S dot com. Uh, with your contact information, and we'll be getting that new swag out to you as soon as possible. 
always working on an airport. But uh, yeah, so make sure you like, share, subscribe, write those review. Because if you don't get write reviews, you won't get the swag. Uh, we're gonna be doing this every time we release an episode. We're gonna be pulling a name out of the hat, uh, and then that lucky person is gonna be getting some swag. This stuff could vary from uh, different food seasonings, hats, shirts, stickers. We don't know. Um, every week's gonna be different. Uh, but you're not going to find out unless you send that review. So make sure you're going on to whatever platform, um, YouTube, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, whatever it has. If it has a review feature, make sure you send it. Uh, that's all I got for you today, guys. Um, thanks for sticking around this episode. Make sure you stick around for the next one. we got a really cool another, another interview coming up. Uh, I'm not going to spill the beans on it yet, but you're going to want to make sure you stick around and watch that one as well. Uh, if you listen to this just on a podcast, you can also find these podcasts with a, a video portion on our uh, uh, YouTube channel. That's just same name, Airport Wild. Uh, look up the Airport Wild podcast. Uh, you'll be able to find us on there. Again, re, re, uh, watch everything because um, Mr. Barthel has some really cool props. And this is how we're going to want to do it from now on. We're going to want to put these videos in there because it's, it's one thing for us just to talk about it. But seeing is believing, and you guys need to see what we're talking about because it's some really cool stuff. All right, guys, that's all I got for you, and uh, we'll see you next time. And keep bringing your airport uh, wildlife management to a higher level.